When does one give up? I mean, is there a moment when it's justifiable to just call it quits? Join me for this next episode of Flashpoint when I sit down with our very own editor of our best-selling book, Miss Daphne Taylor Street. Daphne has an incredible story that will touch you. She's going to talk about her early days as a classically trained singer. Shortly after, she became a writer, and then she was faced with the heavy weight of her father's suicide. She seemed to get over that and got into an incredible business venture where she put it all on the line only to have it fail. Faced with the decision of calling it quits. Join me on the other side and find out what happens with this incredible story. Welcome everyone. This is Flashpoint Friday. My name is Austin. Your turnaround story starts here. Today, I have a very, very special interview to bring to you. And I'm excited to, obviously, I did some preparation, but it's always exciting because these interviews, sometimes they go in a way you don't expect. And there's always something that's amazing that comes out. So before I get into this special guest, I want to talk about the book that we just produced called Flashpoint. Your turnaround story starts here. 12 incredible stories and the lessons learned. The feedback that we keep getting is life-changing. People that are reading the book are moved by the book, and they've given me just great feedback. They've never read anything like it. It's uh, hit the Amazon bestseller list, completely uh, just humbled and excited by that and the process of continuing to promote the book. The reason why I'm bringing up the book is because a book like this you know, it's nice that my name's on the cover, but let me tell you, a book like this doesn't get done without an incredible team behind you. And that's why I'm excited to get into today's interview because there's another name on the cover edited by Daphne Taylor Street. And today we're going to talk about this book, but more importantly, we're going to talk about Daphne's story. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Daphne before I bring her on. And I'm also going to talk about the cowbell, and I'm also going to talk about the significance of the, the hourglass. So Daphne is an international best-selling author in her own right. She's the producer and editor of the highly successful Forbes Living Magazine. She's worked with many celebrities. She, you're going to find out she started out as a grant writer, and there's a whole story behind this. She's produced not only millions of dollars in grant writing, but also raising money for venture, venture capitalists. There's, there's a tremendous amount of, of, of uh, not only work ethic, but natural born talent that enables her to do with her do, but it's driven by an intense passion to help the world. So I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna leave that to let you uncover throughout this interview what that, what that passion is. So what I'm gonna do right now is introduce not only a, a, somebody who's become a partner, but somebody who's becoming a good friend, a confidant, and somebody who I'm excited to work with in the in the future to produce more life-changing projects like this. So stay with me. Help me welcome 
the one, the only, Miss Daphne Taylor Street. Hi there, Austin. How Hello, are you? Daphne. Thank you. Thank you so much, and, and thank you for that great introduction. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we did a thing. We literally did a thing. We have a book out together uh, along with 12 or 13 of uh, our, our now closest, dearest friends. Um, and the, the stories when I do these compilation books, they always blow me away. Um, not just the, the talent uh, of the writers, uh, because almost everybody wrote their own chapters. A couple of people leaned on me a little bit for ghostwriting, but they told the stories. It's all their words. And um, it, it really does blow you away. And I think what what hits people the most when they read these stories is that transformation is not only possible, but it's critical. It's, it's part of an individual evolution. And without it, I don't know, you know, what, what else we're doing here on the planet. And yeah. the, the fact that you gather up people to focus in and tune in on those transformational moments is amazing because these stories, and I love that the authors talk about this regularly. It isn't just that reading the stories can impact the reader, but the writers, the people creating their own stories, they find healing through that process and they dig in and they learn things about themselves that they didn't quite understand until they started analyzing it and writing about it and then presenting it in a book like this. So it's no wonder that it became an Amazon bestseller very quickly uh, because you have very impassioned people who were part of the project helping to promote it. But the stories really are just that good and that that palpable. Uh, what What is your take on the stories that you read? It, all the stories are are moving and, and what I'm like to be visual and it's what, what I'm envisioning with these authors is that it's almost like their heart grabbed the pen. You know, imagine if your heart had in hand, which it does, but it's all connected, but I'm, I'm speaking more, more graphically, your heart just scripting and writing from the heart because that's what I feel. And I feel like what you said is when, when people write the story, like they want to serve and they want their story to serve. And what we called in the book, which, which I coined the OPS, other people's stories. Right. But what happens in the process, Daphne, is we get healed in our process to serve others. Isn't it true? And, and it's such a reflection in this book as these authors that put their hearts on these pages and shared their stories. Well, and so I had a story of my own that, that you know, as you're living life, you don't really understand it. You, you don't see it very clearly. You're just trying to get through and you're moving on to the next thing that makes sense to you. And it is true that hindsight is 2020. So when you get the opportunity to look back and reflect at not only what you've been through, how you choose to get through it, but those little steps and decisions you make along the way, and you're not entirely sure what's driving those decisions at all times until you turn around and look at it and then you see the motivation 
and it blows you away. In my case, I grew up, I was a classically trained singer. I went to Westminster Choir College in Princeton. Uh, I had a nice little bit of a career, you know, staring at me and was having a good time and making some money and, and getting known and working with some amazing talent. And I wasn't the greatest musician. In fact, that was my biggest drawback. But I had a great voice. I had a wonderful instrument. And so I was focused on fine-tuning that. And then I was watching some of my contemporaries go much farther, much faster. And part of that had to do with the female voice doesn't fully mature until your late 20s and early 30s. So my soprano friends were getting all these big roles and I'm still kind of stuck doing Handel's Messiah and Mozart's Requiem. And, uh, and I was just young and stupid goes hand in hand. You can make a great career just doing those things. Uh, but I was feeling a little bitter and, and silly about it. And so I kind of put that to the side for a bit and focused on this writing thing. Uh, I knew that I wrote well. I had won many competitions and scholarships and whatnot just for writing. And so I had this crazy little night job at a juvenile assessment center with our largest substance abuse treatment provider in the area, Operation R. And I needed an internship for my new major. Uh, I decided to switch majors into communications I worked all night long at the Juvenile Assessment Center uh -huh. and I was in school all day. So long story short, I ended up in their grants department and it, I felt like a real adult. I had a salary and benefits and I had never been more financially poor in my entire life. I was always an entrepreneur prior to that. If I needed more money, I'd just go out and get another job and make a lot of money and go do my thing. Um, but around that time, too, uh, my dad and I had a, a strange falling out. He was an artist. He was a muralist mostly, but uh, he was known for doing all kinds of, of painting for, for pay. Um, and we had a weird falling out. And then he found me again. He, he reconciled. And it wasn't a terrible falling out. It wasn't a, a bitter, I hate you. It was just pride kind of bumping up against each other. Sure. Um, and so so when he found me again, uh, I was singing. I, I had a, a job at a church as a soloist and section leader. So I'm standing in line waiting to process down the aisle as we do. And he walks up to me and I hadn't seen him in years and he looked like a shell of a human. And I knew if I said anything angry or bitter to him, he would have just walked away and I would have never heard from him again. So I swallowed my pride and was just grateful to see him. Uh, but he looked very, very ill. And then he had a few strokes. He really couldn't paint anymore. And he was in the final stages of alcoholism. So it didn't take much for it, that whole identity of his to crumble when he couldn't be Tom Street, the artist, any longer. He really lost that meaning of what life was for him and, and mm. who he was. And within a couple of years, he had a suicide attempt. It didn't work out the first time, 
Um, but I had some really challenging times trying to deal with that. Uh, I felt like I needed to avoid him. I didn't want to be the excuse he used. If he really wanted out, I think he needed to go. Um, his health was bad. He felt horrible as a person. Um, and so I, I kind of avoided him for a little bit. And then his second attempt, uh, he did actually commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And he did so, and believe me, there's something pertinent to me explaining how yeah. and where uh, this occurred. He drowned himself off of uh, the St. Petersburg Yacht Club Yacht Basin. He had been a member there for most of my life, actually all of my life. Um, so that all happened and it was horribly tragic and weirdly public. Uh, because he was a very well-known artist in the area. So it was on the news and everything. And the town kind of took sides. And, and it, was, uh, it was weird. How do you take sides over someone dying? But it happened. Hmm. And there are a lot of amazing stories that took place during this that, yeah, I'll, I'll tell at different moments. But the story I really want to tell is what happened a little bit afterwards is I was uh, a couple of years later, it was at a concert. It was a benefit concert. Mm -hmm. And have you ever gone all in on something and it just fell apart from under you and it, you literally had no idea what you're going to do next because everything was riding on this thing. And yeah. that's what had happened to me. And I had partnered up with someone and that partner just kind of wandered off and didn't bother finishing this, launching it. And I had everything invested in it. And I didn't know what to do. So I'm at this concert, all of my friends that I grew up with, it's a big benefit thing. Everyone's asking how I'm doing. I think my mother had just passed away too at that time. So I'm having to kind of tell people that that happened. There was nothing pleasant about this experience. Yeah. And I just wanted to break down and cry. And here we are. Everyone's having a great time. It's a big party. And I walked out and I walked straight down the road, uh, Central Avenue, downtown. And if you keep following that road, you will eventually hit the water, which happens to be near the St. Pete Yacht Club Yacht Basin, where my father committed suicide. So I'm standing out there and I'm thinking, when do you give up? You know, what, what is the sign that says just throw in the towel, give it up, move on to something else, let it go? And so as we do, I'm on my phone and I'm looking for quotes, quotes from famous, successful people on when to give up. There weren't any. There wasn't one. Let that sink in for a second. You, know, you can pivot, you can refocus, you can recalibrate, get new partner, whatever. But there's nothing out there that says, here's when you give up. And I'm standing at the place where my father committed suicide, where he did the ultimate in giving up. Now, my headspace is nowhere near there. But it's an amazing symbolism and moment of reflection for me to think about how deeply this goes. I have no money left, I have nothing. 
everything was riding on this and it should have launched about a year ago and nothing happened. So as I'm trying to do this research and realize that giving up is not one of my options, well, what is? So I'm reading some of the quotes that did pop up and there are things like pivoting or changing direction or bringing in new people and valuing the relationships you do have and using the resources you do have. So that's exactly what I did. I sucked it up, got my stuff back together again, walked back to my downtown apartment and started designing a new business that was about me and not about requiring another person, leaning on another person, depending on another person to make it all happen. And while I was doing this, I'm gathering up all of the successes that I've had and those cool little tools, those, those skills you build along the way that you don't realize you're building. And publishing, I've been incredibly blessed to be involved in publishing. I've been in massive magazines working with my clients, uh, writing their articles that are getting them in other places. I'm getting published in award-winning blogs and professional journals and so forth. So I know a lot about this world and a lot of people need to understand how this works, not just how to get in, but once you're there, how to leverage that and turn that into something that creates forward momentum for you. Yes. So I pulled all this together and out popped street media and communications which has pivoted a little bit, um, but at the time uh, it was focusing on doing proposals for people that needed venture capital dollars or they needed grant funds or other types of contracts along with doing all of their, uh, their writing because when you're doing copywriting on your web or your press release, or your press kits or whatever it is you're putting out there for other people to see. It yeah. has to be cohesive. It has to make sense. And it works when you have a single person kind of orchestrating this whole yes. thing. Yes. So then I started getting bigger and bigger success for my clients and they're crazy happy. Uh, I had one celebrity client and I had to fight with her. Uh, to get her to pivot a little bit and start teaching what she knows and becoming an expert in teaching this thing that she does better than anybody else ever has on the planet. Yes. And that is the pitch, the art of the pitch. She is the master of it. She didn't want to teach it. She didn't want to do that. I dragged her kicking and screaming. We built this curriculum together. I stayed up like late, late nights, pulling all of the PowerPoints together, sent her to bed. She woke up to present everything. It's done. And we did this over and over again. And it turned into a big six-figure venture for her. Um, and it's still going. She's still using the same curriculum to this day with the same thing. Then we created magazines, books, you name it. And we started pulling all of this together her other clients. And I realized something as I'm doing this. And I was also working as an editor for other publishing companies, which I still do from time to time. 
But some of the people I was working with were getting completely snowed by these publishers where they're being charged ridiculous amounts of money for things that are almost free to do or don't really have any value to it. You don't even need that thing. And so I just moved into the publishing space to help people not get ripped off. I believe in putting the quality in where it belongs, which is what we were just discussing, that yes. messaging, um, the storytelling, and making sure yes. that you know how to leverage that. So yeah, contract with me, it's about those things, not, you know, how do I charge you extra for uploading something that's free to do. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's how I ended up with street media and publishing. Um, yeah, that company just emerged uh, during our our pandemic of 2020, and uh, and then our paths crossed not too long ago, and we already have one book out and several under development. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and so here we are, and it all stemmed from. You know, my father having this this moment of giving up in the grandest way anybody could ever give up and me daring to take a look at that and really ingest what yeah. I just want to I want to pause for a minute and just give everybody a chance to kind of love on you for sharing that story, because there's there's so many layers in what we what we're what Daphne's sharing here and the the contrast of of this, this act, but then there's this rebirth happening inside of you and this, this pivot, this calling. And that's what I titled this. Like when you go out to do a dream or, or something that you love, like you, you classically trained singer, and then life starts to happen. And it's so easy to, to feel like your dreams are, are dismantled and you'll never have them again. But if we're open like you were to the road and you you became aware and you and I can only imagine the depth of, of what happened and took place. We're we're taking a short time to cover it for people, but just allowing to feel that pain and then the opening of a new decision. It's a it's a complete rebirth, which you've gone through and you're, you're able to extract and take all of this diversity that you have, which makes you very unique in the way that you have this artistic background but you can write, you know how to manage a project to, to basically lobby for millions of dollars. Like not many people have that. So I, I just want to honor you for this and, and give everyone a chance to share. If you have something, you know, show some hearts for Daphne here, throw a comment in and we got the cowbell. We didn't use the cowbell yet, but the cowbells for those special moments, special shares by you. And we do have a couple in here. So let's see. Daphne over delivers. I agree. Cowbell, love you so much. And uh, Rochelle saying, wow, that's awesome. So Daphne, we have um, about maybe like seven or eight minutes left. And I want to make sure that we, we honor you during this time and just have the listeners get a chance to connect with us and anything you want to share. Right. Well, I'm, you know, I'm really excited about these projects. I still do some grant writing, as you mentioned. Uh, my father having a massive uh, addictions issue with alcohol. Um, and I don't know how many people understand that alcohol is one of the most deadly drugs on the planet. We, we think it's benign because it's so common, 
But for those who become chemically addicted, uh, you reach a point where if you do not drink every day, you could die. And that was yeah. where my father was. Um, and so, you know, it, addictions is a, a treacherous, treacherous beast. And it, it's it really is. and it's faceless and it's you, you it's it's a complex thing because people put so much stigma and judgment on it when it truly is a disease. And this is coming from someone who's had to live through a suicide that was caused by addiction. Um, it's complex and it, it deserves a whole lot of compassion uh, yeah, to, to be able sure. to deal with it. And so that led me down my path to working in the fields of addiction, mental health, and then also linked together homelessness, uh, juvenile justice, and a bunch of other little social problems that are all linked together. Uh, that was probably the biggest lesson I learned in that field of work is that these different social service organizations focus on a certain problem, but the best communities understand that without collaboration and cooperation, you can't move the needle in a community to solve these problems. Yes. Uh, and so I'm so blessed to have grown up in this community where I was taught that that's our example. We might hate each other at times, but we come together when we have to work together and solve problems. And so that's the same spirit I take with all my projects. We're not always going to get along. Uh, and sometimes people have falling outs or, or whatever that might be. The bigger picture is always doing the best for our culture and our society. And yeah. the better we do it, our storytelling, the better we release stigma and focus on solutions together, the stronger we're just going to be as a society. And I believe that yeah. so deeply. That's why yeah. I do what I do. Yes. And, and moving toward a greater good in the world, like working toward a greater good in the world doesn't mean you're void of conflict or friction to get there. As a matter of fact, you might have more when you're doing these big projects mm -hmm. and flexibility. Oh my gosh. Flexibility with, with your team members, flexibility with yourself. We, we're, we're, right. I mean, you, there's a constant need of grace and flexibility yes. in every moment. And, you know, it was personified in this project to get, to get th 13 people together more than 13, because there's a, there's a team here to do this. It wouldn't have been done without Daphne. It would not have been done without Daphne and, and the team that, that put this together. Tony's on here. You know, there's just an ocean of people that make this happen. And so Daphne, I want to publicly say thank you. I'm just excited and humbled uh, to be working with you on this and the other projects that we're going to work on that is, are literally going to change the world. And yeah. And so before we close out, what are those projects, Austin? What do we have going on? Yeah. Thank you. Well, we have the health turnaround, which we're working on right now. And I'm going to share that right here. This is, we decided that through COVID and through all of it, there's people that have turned their health around. Agreed. Like during this time, people have said, no, I'm going to start making decisions to improve my health. Yeah. And we've had these incredible health turnarounds for people. So we've decided to, the next book is going to be Flashpoint, your health turnaround story. And we're going to showcase not only individuals, but that you might be a practitioner, a holistic practitioner, 
a chiropractor, a nutritionist, integrative medicine, like somebody like Dr. Grant, and you have clients that you've helped literally turn their health around, reverse bad diagnosis or terminal diagnosis where things have turned around. So that's the one project that we're doing. And then we're also going to be doing another exciting project called, and by the way, the link is there. It's heal.yourflashpoint.com, just like it is there. If you grab that, H, no www, just HTTPS, healyourflashpoint.com. There's an application. As a matter of fact, let me see if I can do this real quickly here. Um, oh, I'll do this in a moment while I'm doing this. And then the next one is going to be your the underdogsdiaries.com. So these two, uh, you can fill out the applications there. And we will, and I'm going to see if I can share the screen here quickly with everyone so we can do it. And we got a couple minutes. I think it's going to work, Daphne. I think it's going to work. Love it when a plan works. There we go. Should be able to see that, right? Yep. So you can see that's the application for your health turnaround. It's just a short questions, volume two. Some questions there. And Daphne, what I want to do is we got a couple minutes. While I'm going to share the underdogs diaries too. I just mm -hmm. want you, you want to say a couple words as we as we close out. Sure. You know, I I think if if you are someone who you think you might have a story you want to tell, um, it could be just for your own edification. Maybe you are a professional and you would like to be published because it will help with your brand. Um, or maybe you just know that your story in your unique voice has the potential of reaching others in a way that needs to happen. I would absolutely encourage you to look into these opportunities. When you work in a compilation book, you have the power of, of multiple voices to lift each other up together. It's, uh, it's a lower cost of entry than writing your own book. So fiscally, it makes sense, but also the fact that you get to work with like-minded people who are as yeah. impassioned as you are about what the subject is, um, it creates this synergy where the, the book itself is much greater than the sum of its parts because you all are in this together. And then you get to network with each other and you develop a little family together as we work through the project. I conduct writers' workshops with co-authors. Uh, we work on publicity packages for you individually as you're participating in these books, not just the book itself. Yes. So there's a lot of value add when you work with us as a team than you would yes. ever get working on any other compilation book I've ever seen. Yes, Daphne, thank you so much for joining me today for this incredible interview. Everyone stay plugged in, do something, take a step, connect. We love you. God bless you. Have an outstanding you. Flashpoint Friday. Bye for now.